Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life, from your finances to your family to your job and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I spice things up a tad as we discuss the topic of worship is not for God. You can imagine at first glance how this statement might seem a bit offensive or even completely unbiblical. But we're going to discover today how beautiful the gift of worship is and how God actually created this incredible thing called worship not to build up his ego, but to build up our lives in him. A couple things to look forward to. I share a corny but profound analogy about how writing a crazy letter to Henry Ford can help us understand the purpose of worship. And Josh breaks down the challenges that all of us face in accepting that God does not have any needs, including needing our worship. All right, so let's pray and we'll jump in. Holy God, you are ridiculously amazing in your care for us. We are ready now to trust you and hear your heart for the purpose of worship. God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right, if you're like us, you've been waiting on pins and needles for Tuesday to get here. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's podcast entitled, Worship is Not for God. Josh, man, what's up, dude? How you doing, Jeff? Man, just want to have a conversation with you. So, you know, sometimes our podcasts that we do are easy to swallow. Well, I don't know if they ever are, but <laughs> but sometimes they're a little more controversial. Yeah. And this one, probably by even looking at the title, uh, people are like, okay, what are these guys talking about? What are these guys, you know, are they, have they did they hit their head a little too hard? No, what is this? Worship is not for God. Better buckle up, baby. <laughs> I got my iced coffee. We are ready to go, Jeff. I don't know if I can handle this, but I am excited about it. I mean, you know, it's it's obviously a bit controversial, and I promise we're not trying to just name it that just for controversy's sake. Yeah. Uh, there really is a truth that's hidden here that is so important for us to think about as we think about this concept of worship. We know that worship is more than a song. We know that worship is part of our whole life, all that. But uh, as we focus on and understand the corporate part of worship, the singing part of worship, the expression part of worship that we uh, sometimes do in our church services or in small groups or in our time alone with God, uh, this is something that I found has really, really helped me. Mm -hmm. So to say something like this, worship is not for God. (gasps) 
<laughs> I think part of our challenge with this whole thing is that we've seen so many bad examples of worship music Come on. being made to be about us yep. in negative ways. Right? I mean, you see guys up there rocking with their guitars or whatever, and it's kind of like, look at me, look at me, look yep, at me, yep, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And we kind of have this attitude that we're all that. We've got the whole stage thing, so it's we're high and lifted up, shining in the light of our glory, you know, <laughs> right? We're on the stage, and all the lights are shining on us. We've got the and smoke <laughs> of the glory <laughs> yes, right? exuding from us. Exactly, exactly. And so we've seen this bad example at times, and we're not saying that stage and lights are bad uh, just that they those things are just tools but the way that we respond to them can be bad yeah. and we can make worship something that's to glorify us and that's not what we're saying when we say worship is not for God we're not saying that worship is is for us in the sense that we should receive glory from worship but what we're trying to say here right off the top Josh is that that we were made for worship yeah and worship was made for for us. It's a gift. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Man, it is. It's such a gift. Worship is something that God gives to us so that we can live our lives the way he has created us to live them. You know, you could ask a simple question like, um, who gains the most from worship? I mean, I think it's probably goes without saying Right? Because it's not like God needs our worship. This is the important point we have to understand with this. God did not create us to worship him to fulfill a need that he has. Right. I mean, that's intense and you have to think about it. So if it wasn't intended to fulfill a need that he has, Hmm. what need is it filling? What need is it filling? And I mean, without, you know, just going right to it, obviously... The need is ours. Yeah. He has made us for worship and he has made worship for us. Now, this the quote that I would say, that I would throw out there, uh, I would say it this way. Worship is not for God. It is about God and it is to God, right? Directed to God, but it is for God. Us. Now that's a soundbite, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> Someone could grab that and just, oh, look. <laughs> well, I don't it, know if it'd be very popular if they just did that without explaining, right? But it just, it, it makes total sense when you unpack it like that. Yeah. Really, yeah. the Lord, he is self-sufficient. Yes. I mean, he's a lot of things. He's immutable. He's, unch- you know, yeah. he's, he's om- omniscient, omnipresent, but yes. he is completely self-sufficient. He yes. does not need yeah. this thing that we call worship, but... Yeah. He does give it as a, as a tool and as a gift for us to encounter. Yeah. It kind of messes with us a little bit because if you start going down that path that God doesn't need you, Josh, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need our worship. He's not sitting around in heaven waiting for Sunday morning to come along, right? <laughs> so that he can get his like goosebumps, Dang. you know, so yeah. that we'll, we'll come and start singing. Of course, we know it's much bigger than a Sunday morning, but we have that feeling sometimes as if God's just sitting around kind of going, oh man, I can't wait till they come back to church. So they'll start singing again. It makes me <laughs> feel so good. In fact, I even heard a, a preacher say one time, you know, the reason that we worship the way that we do is because God likes it that way. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't like our worship. Of course he does. I think I know that he does get 
uh, what he desires out of worship, which is relationship with us. He yeah. does receive something that he wants, not something that he needs. Yes. Right. He wants relationship with us, but he doesn't need. And that, that does mess with us a little bit. It really does. It, it, it messes with our, our pride, our wait a minute. Like you're saying God doesn't need me. Like if I didn't exist, he would be okay. Oh man. Well, what's weird is I think year upon year upon year of going to Sunday school and even just guys, just to be straight up living in millennial culture. Yeah, all right. Come when on. It's all Me, about myself like, and I, it's, man, it, it's, I'm special. Doesn't yeah. God want my special thing? Yes. Cause I'm unique. And yes, of course you're special. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're unique. God, you're a one of a kind, but guys, he doesn't need it. That's the yep. trip. Yep. Yep. It's powerful. But think about it. If you take a step further, I mean, would we really want to worship a God that needed us? Right. Like that actually messes with me a little bit. He's like, wait, if God needs me, then then he's not really God. Yeah. I mean, maybe, it, you know, that makes us think, well, maybe we're God instead of him. But no, he has no needs. But you know what? It touches my heart when I find out that in spite of the fact that he doesn't need me. Come on, baby. That he does want me his desire oh he has literally no need for me at all i don't add to him at all yeah but he still wants me it's crazy he still wants my worship he still wants my relationship with him but you spin it back around you go who benefits the most from worship man it's us yeah it's absolutely us there's all these things he has actually wired us to worship. As I said earlier, he made us for worship and he made worship for us. So it makes me think of this little analogy uh, that I love with, uh, let's just say, Joss, that I went out today and I bought myself a brand new Ford Explorer. Of course. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice car. Those things have really, you know, come a long way. Uh, I had one a long time ago. It doesn't look anything like the ones that they had today. But uh, we know, so so I buy that thing and uh, I take it to the to filling station or the gas station, right? And I go to give this thing its first full tank of gas, right? Gonna go put in the gas for the first time. I notice a sticker on there. <laughs> That says unleaded gasoline only. Yes. And I think to myself, I want to follow the instructions of the car maker. He says I should put unleaded gasoline in my car, my brand new Ford Explorer, and I'm going to do it. So I do it. I put the gas in, fill it up. And then later on, I get home and I think to myself, I'm going to just write a nice note to the Ford company. And so I do. I say, and it starts this way. Dear Henry, get it, get it, yeah. I got it. <laughs> Dear Henry. Jeff, you realize Henry Ford has been dead for a very, a couple years. But I know, but on his behalf, I'm writing this note to his faithful, maybe he has a Henry Jr. Okay. I don't know. Sure. Could be. Could Why not, be. man? But I said, Dear Henry, I just wanted you to know that today I went and I did what you said and I filled <laughs> so up dumb. my car with unleaded gas, just like you said, and I knew you'd be so happy. I knew you'd be so pleased. I knew, in fact, that it would make your day. Now, of course, when the Ford people get my letter, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to pass it around the office <laughs> and make fun of me. <laughs> like, can you believe this guy? You know, he thought that the instruction that we gave him to put unleaded gas in his car was for us. That it would be exciting for us to hear. Now, I'm sure that they're blessed that we did the right thing or whatever. But the instruction of the maker is the benefit goes to us. Yes. So it's just like with worship. 
if God calls us to worship him, it's not because it's going to make him happy. It's because it's going to make us happy. Absolutely. It's, there's something missing. Maybe we could say it that way, that there's literally something missing in our life. And we're wired to have this thing missing. I mean, it's the way God made us that when we worship him, it fulfills something that was missing. It adds something that was missing in our lives. Yeah. It's powerful. Man, that whole analogy is like a bad office episode. <laughs> like something Michael Scott would do. That's awesome, man. But it makes sense. It really, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about the fact that worship is not for God. And that is a, you know, it's a, a jarring statement if you don't really understand what we're talking about. So that's why we're unpacking this here uh, in this podcast. We want you to understand, and this stuff comes straight out of uh, my book, Awakening Pure Worship, that is uh, something that has just been burning in my heart over the years. What is worship? What does it look like? Who is it for? All this stuff. And so this is one of those chapters that just says, we're trying to answer that question, who is worship for? And again, our focus is to direct worship to God. It's all about God. It should never be about us. That's one of the things that people complain about in our generation Mm -hmm. is that so many of the songs are about me, my struggles. And we start talking about how God, we're down and out. Oh, we're all messed up. And he said, just exalt me. If you'll just worship me, if you'll just declare I'm holy, holy, holy. If you'll just praise my name, there'll be something that happens in you. There's nothing that changes in God. You know, when we worship, we are changed. Yes. That's powerful. We talked about this on on another podcast, but when we worship, we are changed. But when we worship, God is not changed. He is still the same today, forever, and all time. Yesterday, today, and forever. When we behold him, we become like him. Mm -hmm. But the thing is... He's already him. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He doesn't need to become him again. Right. He's already there, right? So uh, one of the scriptures, we talked about this idea of that God has no needs. He doesn't need us. I want to just give a little scriptural context for that. Um, It is Psalm 50. Psalm 50, verse 8. It says this. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly bring to my altar. Right. But... I want no more bulls from your barns. I want no more goats from your pens for all the animals of the forest are mine. Mm. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Every bird of the mountains and all the animals of the field belong to me. Hmm. Check this verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not mention it to you for all the world is mine and everything in it. Verse 13, I don't need the bulls you sacrifice. I don't need the blood of goats. Mm. Now you can see what's happening here. There's this unwritten question or this idea where the Israelites could get the wrong idea about worship. They think, well, you know, God's told us to come and sacrifice all these animals. He must need that. He must just love the smell of burning animal flesh. You know, it must really just, you know, tickle his fancy or something like that. And I mean, it's, it's really a strange thing. You know, I, w- I would imagine that neighboring nations even might kind of poke fun at the Israelites. Uh, why is it that you guys have to bring like dinner to your God? You know, can right. he take care of himself? You know, yep. but the truth is God is revealing something. Maybe it's even a question that nobody's asking or they mm-hmm. didn't know to ask. And he's saying, look, guys, you're misunderstanding 
understanding what this sacrificial thing is. You're misunderstanding worship. You're misunderstanding. I'm not telling you to bring me uh, sacrifices for my benefit. I'm telling you to bring me sacrifices for your benefit. Yeah. There's something that changes in you. It's a very practical, logical type thing that happens in us as we let go of, for the Israelites, they're let, letting go of the best animal. Yeah. Like that's the one you want to keep. Mm. That's the one that's going to sell for the most, right? But God said, bring that to me. And it's something that releases in you when you give him the best. Oh yeah. There's no getting around it. God wired us to receive incredible benefits when we worship Him. The first of which is absolute transformational closeness in our relationship with Him. We desperately need to flip the script on our understanding here. I mean, who's changed the most when we worship God, us or Him? And who loses out the most when we refuse to worship Him, us or Him? As much as God wants relationship with us, relationship with God is something ultimately that we cannot live without. It's me who is changed as I lift my hands or bow my knees to my creator, not him. It's my perspective that is renewed when I stand trembling before him in awe and wonder, not his. Hey, of course, if you are looking to get more in-depth on these conversations, you're definitely going to want to pick up my new book for yourself. To do so, you know where to go. Just visit jeffdio.com. And also, if you're enjoying this podcast, Josh and I would really appreciate it if you'd head to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you listen and give us a five-star review. Of course, this is really helpful to us as we desire other people to listen. All right, as we get back to the conversation, Josh reminds us of the power of Psalm 103, where it lists out all the benefits of walking with God. And I unpack the idea that everything God gives, including worship, is a supernatural gift, something he made for us. So settle in with us for a few more minutes as we get back to the Pure Worship Podcast. Jeff, even think about communion, the Lord's Supper, okay? Yeah. Kind of kind of going back to what you're talking about here in Psalms is like the sacrifice. Well, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? Yep. So when we receive communion, when we remember that, Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Yep. Why? Does he need that for, for his sake? No, it's mm-hmm. I want you to do this so you remember me, so you don't forget, so you remember my sacrifice, remember my blood. Yes. Because that's what's going to change you. Yeah. We don't do it. For him necessarily, it's yeah. really to remind ourselves. Yeah, it changes us. Worship changes us. You know, so when we have this understanding, okay, if you take the idea that the animals that they sacrificed, those sacrifices for us in a kind of practical sense are the songs that we bring, yeah. the church attendance, uh, reading our Bibles, praying, all those things that we lift up to him. If he's saying he doesn't need the sacrifice of the animals, the bulls and all that, then he's also saying to us, I don't need your songs of praise. I don't need all these, your church attendance. You need your church attendance. You need to lift your voice in song. It changes you. It unlocks something in you. And you said it earlier, this idea that, that worship is a gift. Yeah. Now I love taking that analogy even further because the idea is, Everything he gives us is a gift, right? And you could say this same statement. If you say worship is not for God, it is about God and to God, but is 
for us. You could also say that about salvation or forgiveness. Is forgiveness uh, for God? No, it's for us. Is it about him? Absolutely. Is uh, salvation for God? No, he doesn't need to be saved. We need to be saved. Correct. Everything he outlines for us, every instruction, just like the unleaded gasoline Mm. example, if he calls us to worship him, it's for our benefit. Yeah. And there's so many benefits that go along with it. I mean, you think about it, you can even extend it to uh, the expressions of worship. Uh, Maybe you're not really a person who lifts your hands in worship, Hmm. but part of the expression, if God calls you to lift your hands in worship, it's not because he likes to see it happen. He's not looking down from heaven going, oh, look at those guys. They're lifting their hands just like I told them to. That touches my heart. No, he actually wired us with the need to lift our hands. And if we don't, go with me on this, if we don't, we're actually hurting ourselves. Hmm. If he says it's good to lift your hands to me and the need is ours, then when we don't, if if he says to dance, if he says lift up your voice and shout or sing or kneel before me, he doesn't need us to bow before him. He knows who he is. He doesn't have an identity crisis. It's us that needs to bow before him. He created us to do that. And he created us in his image. So yes. I, mean, I think of when uh, the, the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus in, in this, this thing, should I pay taxes to Caesar? Uh, well, what does he say? He says, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's, render mm-hmm. unto God what's God's. Okay, for us, you guys, we have the image of the invisible God stamped onto us. We are created in his image. And so since we are created to be like him, we tapped on, we tapped into this in the last podcast talking about Zephaniah and how he rejoices and spins about and he and he sings over us guys all this is is what what Jeff is saying is this is a response he doesn't need yes. our response we, we need our response yes. in light of that God spins about and dances over us we should do the same in light that that God sings over us we should do the same mm-hmm. in light that that Jesus bowed his knee and took on an apron and served his disciples that's what we're called to do as well so again guys it's it's a simple response of to what God has already done for us. He doesn't need it. We need it. Yeah. And think about it, how it carries beyond just you and me. Mm-hmm. Like I personally, Jeff Dio has a deep seated need that's put there by God to worship yeah. him. Yeah. And I have a deep need that's put there by God to kneel before him. Mm-hmm. And it unlocks something in me. It stirs something. It heals something in me that can't be healed if I don't do it. So the benefits of worship come to me, but guess what? The need goes beyond me. What about my kids? You know, they also need to see me worshiping God. So not only am I going to benefit when I worship God, but the people around me are going to benefit. If I go to church and I refuse to worship and I refuse to lift up my hands, that's probably going to discourage some folks. But if they see me giving my heart to God, laying my life down before him, singing out strong, then they might also be inspired. So not only do I have a need, but the people around me have a need to see me also exalting God. My kids, my grandkids, when I have them, Mm. um, all the people around me in my life, they also receive benefits from me lifting up a song or worshiping God. It's really good, Jeff. The whole time you're talking, all I can think about is the Psalm that says, bless the Lord, O my soul, Mm -hmm. and forget not 
all of his benefits. Come on, Psalm okay. 103. But wh- why, why, why the blessing? Because he needs it? No, bless the Lord to remind ourselves of all that he's done, to remind ourselves of the blessings and the benefits that he's given us. Yeah, it really is incredible when you start thinking about what worship is for. All this time we think, okay, God called us to come to church. We really need to go to church because that's what God said. He really wants us to come see him. So, you know, we need to go do that. He's, he's, he's tells me I need to read my Bible. And, and so I guess I, I better do it because, you know, he wants me to. And, and, and all this time we think that it's because he has these demands that he's making and that he, he gets, he gets the feel goods when we come to church. Yeah. But he's not giving us the instructions for that purpose. He's saying, Jeff, Josh, you guys have the need to gather together as a corporate body and together with one song. And when we don't do that, like if we take the analogy of the Ford Explorer, if we decide that we want to put uh, diesel gasoline in the car when he's when he's told us, or maybe better yet, we put no gas right. in the car. Maybe that's a better analogy. We refuse to put any gas in the car. Well, then the car obviously is not going to run. It ain't run. gonna work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and even if we put in some other kind of gas or some other kind of uh, fluid, Coca Cola, we just put it into a tank of our gas, hoping, hey, you know what? We can put whatever we want in there. We're gonna do it our way. But the car maker designed the car to work best with unleaded gasoline. And the God who made us, our maker, designed us to operate best when we worship. Yeah. So we're going to everything. It's like it's like getting an oil change. You know, it's like it's maintenance for our soul, for our spirit. It allows us to function properly when we do the things that he's called us to do. Yeah. The benefit is ours. Another scripture that, that comes to mind uh, when I think about all this is uh, Isaiah 40, verse 16. And I love this. It's just kind of an extension of the idea that, that God doesn't need us. This is I mean, it, if you can <laughs> think, crazy. this is so cool. I, I just wrote down in the margin, I put big God. That's the way I put <laughs> it. Exclamation yeah, point. Exclamation point. Double exclamation <laughs> point. You know, big God scriptures, right? It, it starts off with uh, verse 12. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers. Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed out the mountains and the hills? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to be his teacher or counselor? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good or what is best? No, for all the nations of the world are nothing in comparison to him. They are but a drop in the bucket, dust on the scales. I mean, think about that. That's humbling. That's humbling. Like all the people. He's not just saying like, if he, he doesn't need me or, or just me by myself. But if you put all the people together and for all time, we're like a drop in the bucket compared to who he is. Yeah. That's big God. Uh, Then it goes on. He picks up the islands as if they have no weight at all. He's kind of big, kind of of big. Okay. Then verse 16, this is the point. It says, all Lebanon's forests Hmm. do not contain sufficient 
fuel to consume a sacrifice large enough to honor him. Now, Josh, I really don't know about Lebanon's forests. I'm assuming this is a dense forest with lots and 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 lots of trees, you know, and there's tons of them. But if you could, and let's just take this a little further with the example of the animals. If you could gather every animal and every tree uh, and bring them all and try to make a big sacrifice. You burn the trees, you burn all the animals, and, and, and it's still saying here that every animal that ever existed, every tree that ever existed, if you burned them all, it still wouldn't be a sacrifice large enough to honor God. Yeah. So in that, it's saying that the sacrifice isn't for him, mm-hmm. right? And then you can go, you know, I love... I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me. Now you can apply that to songs. I mean, think of the number of songs that have been written throughout all time. I mean, from chants to hymns to praise songs to all these different songs. If you took every song from all time, mm. I mean, and every and added every voice from every person, and to think that it's still not a sacrifice big enough to honor God in the way that he should be honored. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't honor God, but it doesn't fulfill the debt. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean like, okay, this, this makes it, we're even now, you know, yep. we're even. He, he did all this for us. Now we've brought this big sacrifice to him and now he feels good and we're even. Yeah. You know, he called us and it just drives home the point that the sacrifice was never for him to begin with. Correct. That all the songs that have been sung, all of our worship services, all the prayers that have been prayed, it's not for his benefit, mm. right? We're saying today that we were made for worship and worship was made for us. Yes, it's absolutely to God. We receive no glory. We don't try to take glory from God. He receives all glory from our worship. We direct our worship to him. It's not like we're trying to worship other things or worship the songs or the the personalities or the artists, right? So it's all for him. We're not, I mean, it's all about him. It's all to him, but it's, it's for us. He gave worship to us as a gift. Even up throughout the whole Old Testament, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, when the Levitical priests are, are taking care of business and taking the sacrifices, think about it. The sacrifices, did God eat the meat? Yeah. No. Come on. The priests did. Yeah. The people did. They yeah. had feasts and celebration. Yes. Why? Yeah. To remember. Yes. Because yes. God isn't forgetful. It's it's us who have the memory problem. Yes. So man, yes. I'm really stirred up, Jeff, by what you're saying today. It's it's kind of different yeah. for those listening right now. You know, maybe maybe you're just a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And 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 that's okay because yeah. really, guys, I think this is a revelation the body really needs to understand and get is that really at the end of the day, the worship that we do, it's it's to God yep. and it's about God, but it's really for our benefit. Yes. It's for us to bless the Lord, owe our souls, and forget not his benefits. Yes. There's so much that he gives us that is opened up in us when we worship. We are changed. We are healed. It's the revelation place. When we begin to lift up our song to God, something happens in us because he designed us to operate in that way. It's good. It's a beautiful thing, man. And uh, it drives me. It encourages me. It challenges me. And I want it to challenge you out there as well that you would say, gosh, I never really thought of it that way. It's again, it's flipping that mentality from I have to worship to I 
get to worship. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, okay, I guess I'll do my duty so God will be happy with me. No, 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 no. Let's flip that around. You will be so blessed if you worship. It doesn't make your life like, you know, all together. It doesn't put your whole life together and make everything go perfect. But what it does is it gives you this deep connection with your maker and there's inner healing. Uh, there's good mental health. I mean, all of these things, worship benefits us. Yeah. And God made us for worship and he made worship for us. Hey, Pure Worship Podcast family. We're super grateful that you chose to spend a few minutes hanging with us on this week's podcast, Worship is Not for God. Hopefully you're reminded that worship isn't simply something for those artsy types or even something we simply endure or skip in preparation for the sermon. Truthfully, knowing the content of the sermon is not the end goal, but it is designed to lead you to the end goal, which is to become an extravagant day in and day out worshiper. If anything, the message of your service is the opening act and your response to God in worship is the climax of the story. Okay, on the next podcast, Josh and I dig deep as we talk about the subject because he loves us. You're not going to want to miss this one because we're going to dive into an idea where when it comes to worship, God is the initiator and we are the reciprocators, not the other way around. So turn on your notifications and make plans to join us every Tuesday as we keep rolling with the Pure Worship Podcast. <laughs>